with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, joined by Boris, my other half. Our show is available live on your radio, also live through our app called The Cure, and our website, amyspurpose.com. We're broadcasting from Miami via satellite and later it becomes a podcast. This show deals with suffering and the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive and the courage to keep moving forward despite any obstacle with the help of God and each other. We do provide testimonials to let people know that they're not alone. And in this show, the testimony started with me having been a survivor from child sexual abuse well into young adulthood. We also have experts in the medical field and inspirational speakers that are willing to help and give valuable information, knowing that awareness is vital, transparency is needed, and I believe we all suffer or have suffered from something. As for me, my healing came from God, but other forms of healing are presented as well to service everyone. Life can be very challenging, but I always know there's always someone who cares. And I do hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. That was Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. All of us want to feel safe and believe that no one can hurt us. And it may be difficult to do until we learn to by changing the way that we see ourselves because the enemy doesn't deserve us but what if there's more than one of you how do you find a balance within the emotions of multiple personalities and can we recognize it in ourselves or others and what would be the best way to approach it today we have Daniel West a licensed professional neuropsychotherapist who specializes in trauma and disassociation. Disassociative identity disorder, also known as multiple personalities disorder and the trauma model therapy. She's also known to be a passionate advocate for a mental health paradigm shift. And she presently practices in Georgetown, Texas. Danielle, thank you for us. Thank you for being with us. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Danielle, I really hope you had a very Merry Christmas. And thank you for being a ray of hope in the lives of so many. My pleasure. Thank you so much. It was great. I hope yours was good also. <laughs> Danielle, for those of us who know nothing about it, as I did once until I saw a show on TV, 
what is disassociative identity disorder? Absolutely. So this disorder started in 1994. It used to be called multiple personality disorder. So at that time, in 1994, it actually changed its name. Um, everybody's personality is extremely complicated and it consists of many different parts. Nobody really has a single... Danielle, sorry, can you speak up a little bit? Sure. Thank okay. You. Yeah. So I was just saying that everybody's personality is complicated and consists of many different parts. Um, and what happens is that these different parts can become problematic only when normally accessible parts of you become inaccessible. This can happen uh, when people don't access their uh, important childhood memories. A person uh, cannot access their feelings, or a physical symptom has no biological explanation. So, the more traumatic a person um, experiences the event, the more dissociated these parts become until a person's inner dialogue feels like it's coming from another person or part. And there's also loss of controlling it. So, a person uh, can completely become a have amnesia for a number of different life events, but other parts of them can remember those parts when they switch. So a person ends up feeling like they have different people all inside them from these different traumatic events. And this uh, disorder becomes prevalent when the traumatic events happen at a young age, before the age of 10 years old probably for a prolonged period of time. Is, is the person with a DID, are they aware of their multiple personalities? Sometimes they are and sometimes they are not. I have people that have no idea. They have physical ailments. Um, they have addiction. They have all these other different things, anger, but they don't necessarily see them as different personalities until they're able to calm down and then start processing. So they would act different ways at different times, but not know any different. Correct. So Correct. I can always say that I have a <laughs> personality when I'm acting out. <laughs> well, not exactly. Right, so these people would trance out for a few hours, uh, like daydreaming off. Um, sometimes they will daydream for a couple of days and not know what they've done woke up and find things that they don't remember buying, have handwriting that doesn't look like theirs, but they must have written something down. Wow. So it can be very uh, scary sometimes for these individuals not knowing what's going on. They feel like they're losing control of their body, and they feel like they're going crazy. Wow, that must be very difficult for them. I mean, I understand that it also coexists uh, with PTSD and more so with complex PTSD. But well, complex and and complex PTSD is not accepted an accepted diagnosis here in the U.S. Do, do you That's know? Right. Could you tell us why? Uh, because it violates their um, model of uh, biological reductionism. Okay, can you simplify that? So, <laughs> absolutely. So what, <laughs> um, so what happens is uh, if we have this disorder, then we're going to have to admit that 
it is not coming from a, their biology, but it's coming from the environment. And then we would have to measure for the environmental trauma, which the psychiatric model is not doing. It's not prepared to, or doesn't it's want not to. Doing. It doesn't. From what I understand, and the professionals that I work with, you know, we we have tried to present them stuff back as far as you know the 2000s, and the only thing that we're getting back is they just they'll have to rewrite the system, and they don't want, and that's it. They just don't want to. Oh, but PTSD is accepted. Although I know, I know for a fact there is complex PTSD. There's support groups. That's what I would call borderline personality. I would call cluster B personality disorders more of like a complex PTSD. Wow. Like a misdiagnosis. Uh, A mislabel. Mislabel. A diagnosis is there for treatment. You know, we want to give a diagnosis because it gives opportunity for uh, resolution. But personality disorder is pretty serious. There's a difference between personality disorder and complex PTSD. And you're saying that sometimes they get the two confused? I don't know. And I, I would have to disagree with that. I would say there's a lot of similarities in that. And the trauma model really goes towards saying that complex PTSD operates as a personality disorder. Wow. As Wow. So there's there could be misdiagnoses, and what what can we do about this? That's kind of sad. I, I mean, know. there's people out there that that I don't know don't receive the therapy that they need. Exactly the problem. Exactly the problem. They're not getting so the, the right treatment. Of these disorders is showing to be at least one in five psychiatric hospitals. They're not being diagnosed. They're not being properly diagnosed. They're not being properly diagnosed, and that is because um, the biomedical model of psychiatry is a bioreductionist, and it assumes that major mental illness is driven predominantly by the genome. Okay, so the genome would mean that uh, schizophrenia, major depressive disorder, panic disorder, alcoholism, all of them are distinct genetic abnormalities. The problem is, is that when these people are coming into the hospital, they are, they're um, using alcohol, they're suicidal, they are um, trying to do cleaning all the time. They, they carry with them more than one diagnosis. And so we're having to do these comorbid diagnoses for all these people. So they're coming in with six different diagnoses. How and much cleaning all the time is bad? <laughs> oh, I... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so they're coming in and they uh, are giving these comorbid diagnoses, but comorbidity does not fit with um, the DSM. It does not fit with the model of diagnosis. And how much does genetics play a part in comparison to the environment? That is, uh, that is something that we need to figure out. In my opinion, there's a trauma threshold for each individual based on their genetic well, that's exactly where it's at. I, I agree. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. We will continue talking about multiple personality disorders. When we come back, please stay with us. Please call in if you have a question or would like to share your experience. Call us, one 34 truth We will be right back. 
will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. We're back, and thanks for tuning in. This is The Cure, and I'm Amy Cabo. For those that are just joining us, we're discussing multiple personalities. Yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> but anyway, so we are live on your radio, our app The Cure, and social media. Look for Amy's Purpose. Later, the show will be available as a podcast as well. Search for The Cure or any podcast app, please. Thank you. That was Mended by Matthew West. Even if you're broken beyond repair, God provides healing beyond your belief. And you're never too far gone. God is always there dying to forgive you and bring you closer to home. If you feel you're nothing but damaged goods, God sees something good in the making because the enemy doesn't waste time on what isn't worth it. We will always be a process in the making. God is not finished yet. You may see broken, but God always sees mended. We are talking to Daniel West, a neuropsychotherapist specializing in DID. Hi, Daniel. Daniel, you were... The, the last time we spoke, you were speaking about it depends on the threshold. Um, now, I understand that there, the threshold could come from genetics, but is a threshold something that can be learned as well? Absolutely. And that's, I wanted to talk about a little bit about what the mechanism is that is happening during trauma. And Please do. Dissociation. So, you know, a dissociative identity disorder, what does that mean? Well, dissociation is the opposite of association, and it occurs in the human genome, physical chemistry, and everywhere else in nature. Uh, dissociation is a postulated inner psychic defense mechanism that is harnessed to cope with trauma. So think of it as a mechanism controlling the way our body wires to the environment. Okay, so dissociation occurs with procedural memories, the stuff that, we, uh, that happens in everyday life, and declarative memory. So memories that we can actually uh, get to, retrieve, uh, be able to speak about verbally. Think of them as modules of procedural and declarative memory, and dissociation is the mechanism to inactivate one of those modules in order to deal with the environment. So think of dissociation as a control panel for the amount of coverage your cell phone can get in an area. Your body is the cell phone, and the coverage is like your mental health. So the more static, the more it's not you know, working with the environment because the environment is stressful, the more anxiety and depression, the less reception that, that phone will get. 
So that is what harnesses the difference. That is what is going on with somebody that has the dissociative identity disorder, that has a PTSD, that has complex PTSD, is that her body is dissociating. And we are trying to help their body come back down. And it is my professional opinion that we can bring the body back down to homeostasis. And how does a person know they're dissociating if they're not aware of their multiple personalities? Dissociation does not necessitate just amnesia. Dissociation is something that we can experience on um, an everyday life. So, for instance, uh, you drive from a work home every day. Do you always remember your drive home? Some people don't. And that's dissociation. So there are healthy forms of dissociation, but the problem is, is when it gets to the unhealthy mark, it becomes more of an amnesia. When it becomes a problem, when your life right. is di disrupted because of it. I see. Exactly. And that, like okay. I can't remember something, or I'm missing work. Or how did or this get here? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Or <laughs> have money for this. Who, who put this number in my pocket? <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So this dissociation is what allows the body to function. Is can we get the body, and that's how we treat this. Is and, and this is something that's treatable. This is not something that you have to go through your life saying, this is what I have and I'm broken. This is what you have been given as a gift. You are gifted through it, through neuroplasticity and let's figure out where we can put you in society as a, a wonderful member of a team. Well, that's awesome news that there's a cure for it because for personality disorders, I don't know about that. Uh, yes, but there is. I, 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 there is a cure for personality yes. disorder? But then my Borderline? Opinion, in my opinion, and the way that trauma model therapy goes, think of it as a, a continuum. So dissociation, there's the healthy side, and then there's the not healthy side. And as we go, so the healthy side is going to start, and let's say the healthy side um, is healthy, and then it goes anxiety disorder, and then it goes bipolar, and then it goes PTSD, complex PTSD, DID. And we can start to navigate it up and down based on the dissociation that that body is feeling based on the environment that that body has been in. So it's progressive, and is it in that order? Uh, there are, I would, I would say that it is in that order. Um, there's research to state that it's in that order, but there's a lot more research that needs to be done. Wow. But also, this is kind of too many diagnoses in one place, which can be bottled down in one exactly. maybe complex PTSD <laughs> exactly. okay and, and what is the prevalence of DID or dissociative identity disorder or multiple Absolutely. personality disorder it's hard to say because again we aren't testing people for dissociation um, so uh, we're not when they come into the hospitals when they come in right on uh, you know the ICU of the psych ward we're not testing for dissociation we're right. testing for um, hallucination. Right. We're testing for these things. But the one indicator for schizophrenia is hearing voices. 
the problem with that is the people that suffer from DID hear more voices than really but that's not schizophrenia it's not schizophrenia but we're treating it like schizophrenia wow like people are put on these medications and all of but isn't that uh, idiotic I'm sorry I was <laughs> What's the I would right say that it's um, not a good, it, it's not an ethical way to practice. Okay. <laughs> That's You're a better way polite. to say it. Okay, I see what <laughs> But uh, oh, I mean and how, what is there so, Yeah, the prevalence that we're seeing is there's estimates that at least up to 5% of the population uh, has dissociative identity disorder. Over 10% of the population possibly has dissociative disorders. That means that the charter hospital that brings in 120,000 people a year has an undiagnosed 6,000 people. Wow. I mean, can't they have like a chart of look for these symptoms in DID and look for these symptoms of schizophrenia? We and would have to make a catalog system for psychosis. Wow. not play. Right. I guess the brain isn't very, it's a very simple thing the mind so, and that we have different fields too I mean it's not just the brain that we're noticing there's uh, electromagnetic uh, energy fields that we need to start looking at too that we have not adopted into our mental health model that has been adopted into other models oh that's exciting news too I what a good time so. to be alive <laughs> <laughs> so maybe well, after the break we can continue talking about the trauma model approach I'd love that. Okay. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. Please call if you have any questions. 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-348-7884. We would love to hear from you. We will be right back with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back. I'm Amy Cabo and this is The Cure. Remember, we're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. through the radio, our app called The Cure, or our website, amyspurpose.com. All shows are available as a podcast or a video podcast as well. Just look for The Cure on iTunes or anywhere that podcasts are. That was Adore You by Harry Styles. Is there anyone in our lives that we would walk through fire for? And to adore so much. To adore someone so much that it's all we'll ever do. It must exist if it makes it into a song. Most of us have experienced unconditional love. Then imagine God's love for us. How much greater and perfect is God's love for his children? We are talking to Daniel West, a professional psychotherapist, about multiple personalities. 
Danielle, before we move on to the trauma model approach, of which you're a pioneer of, I, I just wanted to say one more comment about the thresholds. Just that, um, you know, for, at least for me, my thresholds came from God. I mean, the genetics were good. The environment really helped. But God was the source. So, but... Tell me about your trauma model approach. Approach is it allows for a, the electromagnetism uh, of to become a, the God in movement. Okay, it allows that kind of stuff to occur within the body, and it measures it. Uh, what trauma model does is it takes. Think of all of the doctors coming out and looking at trees, and there's some that have yellow leaves, and they go, oh my goodness, we need to change something, something's happening to the tree, we need to give it nutrients, we need to give it something. Or a hook. There's another doctor that sees a tree with red leaves and says, oh my goodness, let's do this, and nobody's attributing that it's fall. A season of fall. These leaves are falling. Okay, that is okay. What the trauma model does is it allows the environment to be a playing factor in mental health. So it solves the problem of comorbidity uh, by honoring epigenetics. It honors uh, genetics with the, the threshold that we're talking about that's passed down, but it's also going to allow the piano player. Think of the genetics as the piano and the epigenetics as the player. But I was just starting to understand the trees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's okay. Good, good. Yeah. So just think about the, again, the trees are coming in season. Right. When somebody makes a bigger deal out of something that would probably be something normal to someone else. Exactly. If you are, if you are in a traumatic instance where you're robbed or whatever it affects you more than someone else exactly it doesn't mean that you have a, a mental disorder necessarily it means that your body is reacting to trauma and so it can be like a normal reaction of the body like a stress response so this would be exactly. like behavioral therapy would it involve behavioral would it involve behavioral therapy behavioral therapy. It will involve dialectical behavior therapy. Uh, it okay. will involve EMDR, I really like, different energy because we are in neuroscience, not so, just biology. We need to think of it as an electrical current that's communicating from one region of the brain to the other. So EMDR, just so for our listeners to know, is when and get me if I'm wrong, when you go back and re revisit the past so that you're more in touch with your feelings. Correct. Right? So I did yes, that with my book. That was my EDR, EMDR. <laughs> oh, so yeah, reprocessing um, occurs when you are taking the uh, procedural and declarative memory and putting it together. It's what dissociation takes away. So it allows the memory associated together then you can have the feeling you should have had with the moment and then it can be put to rest 
So think of your body as a supercomputer, and it's downloading data from everyday life. The brain's information processing system is innate. It naturally moves towards mental health by storing all this data in the best possible organized way possible. But when information is stored and organized in an efficient manner, we tend to sleep well and be in a positive mood and everything works really good. But if the system is stuck or blocked or imbalanced by the impact of a disturbing event, it, there becomes a pileup of multiple experiences where the download did not work efficiently. And it can respond by struggling to return to balance, like a computer trying to buffer and it never does. Everything right. slows down. We become and irritable, inconsistent. And, and the consequences are negative coping mechanisms, like turning to drugs or getting angry. I just want to give examples. Um, you know. Oh, yeah, it goes. You know. Uh, and it's progressive. Anything that becomes an excessive thing that you're constantly going to for your outlet, instead of depending that your body has everything that it needs is going to be a negative coping skill. Right. And do you also integrate scripture into the therapy? Uh, absolutely, because the issue at the core of these disorders is negative cognitions of, I am not worthy, I am not safe, I don't belong anywhere, I am unlovable. So I think of, you know, where can people get the definitive meaning at the foundation of their soul, of their heart? Where can they find meaning? A lot of times it's in Scripture. Yes. You know, where else can they find the foundation uh, where every cause has an effect? Well, what's the uncaused cause here? What, what does you believe is your higher power? A lot of times the problem when I have these individuals is there's a lot of religious abuse. And so they do not, they are not ready to believe in a God. They are not ready to believe in these things. But they believe in spirituality and they believe in truth. And so there's a way to navigate that around for them to find that truth. Well, maybe if they find a purpose, uh, we wouldn't feel like our life is hopeless or what, why were we even ever born? I mean, I went through a period of time where I went through my depression and I, I know about all that. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, somebody almost killed my daughter. And I learned to pray again. And I prayed every day. And then, miraculous transformation. I wrote a book, and my whole ro world has changed. And But um, for those that don't need to have their daughter almost killed, there's trauma specialists, and the trauma model approach sounds great. I mean, so there is hope for people with DID. Uh, again, absolutely, there. Because hope. there, there's, there's a stigma. There's, there's a big stigma. I mean, people are wondering, how do you know if it's even real, if they're saying the truth? I know I saw a special on HBO, The Many Sides of Jane. And I didn't know where to, whether to believe it or not. Uh, what if this is just somebody that knows how to act really well? You don't know. How can an average person tell what's real and what's not? Well, maybe they should realize that they shouldn't be the judge. 
that they are there to love and to care for those around them. So if, if somebody says they have the ID, just believe it. And I know about the show, Jane. I have a, a handful of DID clients that have seen it, that speak with her, that feel the same stigma. And that is why on the show they gave her the MRI to show that there are different neural bundles operating. I did see that. There was, uh, you know, physical evidence behind it. And so, yeah, there's a stigma with abuse. There's a stigma with a lot of things. And mental health. And just mental health. Yeah. yeah, just mental health in general. And maybe a lot of overdiagnosing. Well, and that, but, and that is what keeps everything going, right, with the medication. Right. But if there is... diagnosing, a, then we're going to keep our money coming in. We're going to keep doing all these things. We don't have to change anything. We're not giving the power back to the people. Right. Letting them know that healing is possible. Well, it's, it's the Newtonian model that they're holding on to. Right. And it's it's nothing that's going to last forever. But <laughs> but we know that there there is such a thing because I was I have a I I belong to a Facebook book group that's public, and um, there's a lot of people that post on there that have DID. I had no clue what it was. When I was reading their posts is when I went to see the movie about the many sites of Jane. Well, look, 5% of, uh, what, 130 million is a lot of people. <laughs> yes. But we'll be right back. When we're back, we will continue talking with Daniel West about this associative disorder. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. Please call in if you have any questions. 1-866-34-TRUTH. 1-866-348-7884. We'll be right back with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. We're back, and thanks for being with us. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. We're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio, social media. Just look for Amy's Purpose or our app, The Cure. Later, the show will be available as a podcast. Search for The Cure with Amy Cabo. Now, Amy spelled a little bit weird with an I and a double E on any podcast channel. Thank you. That was Grace Wins by Matthew West again. <laughs> There's always a war between guilt and grace for a lot of us. And a lot of us are living proof, as I am, that grace wins every time. Instead of lying down in death's defeat, we rise up in victory. That's what happens and grace wins over shame. We are talking about the trauma recovery specialist, Daniel West, when it comes to multiple personalities. Daniel, you've been such a wonderful source of information, and it's, it's really good to know that DID is, not, is misdiagnosed, first of all, and that there's treatment for it, 
and that there's a cure. And so what I wanted to know, if somebody knows that they have DAD or they have a family member or they suspect that they have it or somebody else, what can they do to get help? What are the steps that they must take? Yeah, that's, that's the hard navigation system right now, and, and that's what we're trying to tackle uh, right now. So they can reach out to the International Study of Dissociation, and they will have a compiled list of uh, people that are trained to understand dissociation. Um, but there's only one uh, trauma model certification, and that's through the Ross Institute for Psychological Trauma. He has an inpatient clinic in uh, Denton, Texas, uh, so you can get treatment there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, help with EMDRIA, E-M-D-R-I-A, and that will have certified EMDR coaches that can help uh, with the dissociation that is causing the DID. So there's lots of those things. What we really need to do is start educating. We need to start educating the providers. We need to start educating the public. And once the education process is in place, then we'll be able to get more treatment. Well, I suppose there's not a lot of specialists in DID. That's right. Is and we need, we are on our path to stop that. We are trying to start some training. Uh, in just two weeks, we're going to have our first uh, training and uh, see where it goes from there. And see what we can do to start helping more people. I get people that are reaching out from different states that want help. And I wow. want to help, but I can't be the only one. So I need more people to come out and, and tell me what they've seen and, and let's get going on this. Because well, again, the, there is a cure. We can do this. The demand is higher than the supply, for sure. That's because what I'm I'm seeing it all over support groups and I mean it's people are actually talking about it because that's the good thing about these support groups on Facebook or whatever social media is that people open up and they share with each other. Um, and how important is the support system and what's the best way to be a, a good support system? Well, you know, there is that scripture that says iron sharpens iron, and there is a mathematical model to support that. So we need to talk about this. A really a, a big way that uh, people with DID get better is talking it out, being able to process this stuff. How do I do this in a safe manner? You know, being able to get on these platforms of social media seems to be uh, helpful, but... We need to start integrating some in outpatient programming systems for people so that they can gather uh, and get the treatment that they need, which a lot of times is just support. It's knowing, hey, I'm not alone. And, and I'm loved anyway. <laughs> exactly. I'm loved. I'm cared for. I am worthy. Because actually, neurobiologically, that is what your brain operates on at homeostasis. And that is what research shows with EMDR. So basically, just to get a recap, if you've had long-term childhood trauma, you can have dissociations, which means gaps in the memory. And this, these associations can lead to DAD, but it could be treated with MDMR and uh, the, uh, I don't know, the trauma? Yeah, 
EMDR, the trauma, trauma recovery, and but trauma what recovery. is, and what is the recovery period, or is it individualistic? Absolutely individualistic. Um, from what I have seen and the different research I've looked at, it's two to ten years, depends on the individual, and obviously the severity of the trauma that they have accrued and the longevity of it. Wow. So. A support system would be very important. So, is there a, a certain personalities in the DID that show up that are violent? Can can that exist? Absolutely, and that is where it's been cataloged for millennia. So, a lot of everybody uh, has been cataloging a lot of the multiple personality DID as people that are possessed. Wow. So, it will have a lot of times. There's going to be uh, three different types of parts. There's going to a victim part, there's going to be a perpetrator part, which becomes the evil, mad, angry, and then there's the rescuer part. That part is going to be the part that does the addiction, that is going to do the OCD, because it's intrinsically believing that it's helping. Wow. Yeah. So what EMDR does is it allows us to go back and reprocess those parts and say, hey, guess what? You're not in captivity anymore. You don't have to do this anymore. Because that neural bundle really is still stuck in this different time period. It needs to be rebrought to, hey, it's 2019. You're, you're big. You can fight now. Yeah, you're willing to be reborn again. Exactly. Yeah, I guess. I, I, well, that's what I tell people, you know, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you just walk his path, then you can start over. Why not? Um, that's and the that's what we're seeing in neurobiology and neuroplasticity is that we can start over. And in EMDR, the fabric of time is completely obliterated. So we are going back and fixing stuff from the past. That's incredible. It really is incredible, and it all has to do with uh, not just the biology, but the ener energy systems around the biology, the electromagnetic field of biology. And that's what we're not looking at in Western medicine. We're not saying, hey, that gut feeling, that really is something. Let's measure it. Wow. Well, can you measure them? Yes, it's, it's... we can. That's With called the... an EEG. That's called an EEG. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He's Thank a you. Doctor. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so that's called EEG. So what do you see in the EEG that actually can determine that there is something measurable as far as psychiatric diagnosis? That's what we're trying to do right now, is we are trying to figure out how to measure what is going on as a diagnosis all different other areas so that is what we're trying to pioneer in reading these models understanding them so that we can uh, give treatment based on a proper diagnosis wow very but good we have to start measuring now for this energy field right but I know there's changes in the brain physical changes that can be seen in an MRI when somebody has the AD but if they go th through treatment and you say there's treatment and there's a cure does the brain go back to its normal look it goes back so you'll see more that's amazing volume yes it, it's amazing and you can I love it generationally that's great 
That, that's and, just and that's what I'm seeing. Again, uh, there's this uh, book called The Foundation of Life. Um, the body is electro, uh, electromagnetic field. What I am seeing is I'm seeing chronic pain heal. I'm seeing uh, that there is research that has led orthopedic surgeons to apply external electromagnetic fields to fractures that are failing to heal. I am seeing different uh, medical diagnoses completely go away. People not needing oxygen anymore that needed it. People losing 80 pounds very quickly. Uh, one lady ha- had cystic uh, uh, fibrosis completely went away. Wow. So we're seeing a very big connection with mental health and medical health also. So the, you're saying that DAD can give you these physical symptoms like arthritis yes. and neuralgia and oh, stomach yes. pains and headaches and... <laughs> uh, let's go. Keep going. Let's, let's name a few. <laughs> fibrosis. Let's talk about um, MS. I've had a person that had MS. One of her parts had MS. Wow. And you cured that part and the MS was gone. Correct. That's amazing. Wow. God bless you. You should publish something. <laughs> I mean... Is that's, there a class? <laughs> if, if there isn't enough specialists for DID, what's missing? Is it not taught in medical school or something? Oh, well. It, it's not taught, correct. We are not learning about dissociation in school. And you said key, uh, education was key. Maybe that's where right. we can start. Educating yes. the providers. Yes, we've got to get the providers on board because if we keep medicating all of these people, then they're not going to have that, those voices, the inner dialogue, yeah. the, the different symptoms. Uh, we are almost finishing with today's show. It was great having you, Danielle. Uh, thank you. Only a few minutes were left. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was my pleasure being with you all today. And Danielle, and Danielle, thank you so much for wonderful people like you. God bless you that you do bring that dialogue that can actually get a person to finally feel well again because we aren't all broke, born broken. We're not meant to be broken for the rest of our lives. And it really doesn't matter what we go through in life. The good news, there's always someone who cares. If it's not God, it's people like Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. More information on Danielle West can be found on traumadetox.org. Thank you, Danielle, for being with us. It was very informative. And thank you for your work. And thank you to our audio producer, Jasper, for being with us today. And thank you, Jasper for being patient about my songs. Let's pray. Loving God, we pray today for those who are confronted by the sadness, ambiguity, and confusion of mental illness, and for those upon whom they depend for attention and compassionate care. Look with mercy on all whose afflictions bring them weakness, distress, confusion, or isolation. Provide them homes of dignity and peace. Give to them understanding helpers and the willingness to accept help. We ask them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Much love. Till next week. And thank you to our listeners for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit GodIsTheCure.com.